0: Listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. Here at Toyota Center, again, both teams looking for their first victories of this infant NBA season. It's Tate firing up the first shot, a three, it goes in. Good start for Tate. Good start for the rocket. Good defense by Tice, forcing the miss. Good job at sliding his feet with the guard. Here comes Green. Look at that. Oh, Woo! snatched an ankle <laughs> or two. Oh, my goodness. You'll be seeing that later. Get ready to launch yourself in the latest Rockets news. You're a listener to Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media, All Houston, All Original. I am your host, Lashar Binkley. I am a staff writer for the Dream Shake. And, of course, as usual, you can find me on Twitter at HTONFLY40ALL CAPS. And make sure to drop us a review and leave us some stars if you like the show. Perfectly five stars. Um, But of course, as usual, we love that you're listening to our show. And we appreciate all our listeners that tune in every single week. And anybody that's new, welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. In today's episode, again, I am flying solo. Uh, We will be talking about, of course, the Houston Rockets and their first two games. Um, of the regular season. The first one was a loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then the complete opposite happened the second game in the win over the Thunder. We'll be going over those two games, and we will also be discussing the upcoming games, um, the next couple of games where they take on the Boston Celtics on Sunday, and after that, we'll be taking on the Dallas Mavericks uh, on Tuesday. Uh, So, first, definitely want to kick it off by saying congratulations to the Astros. As you know, Apollo is huge, is getting even bigger when it comes to Astros content. And they're everywhere on the Astros main site, uh, merchandise, everything. So, definitely congratulations to the Astros. And, you know, everybody here at Apollo is definitely looking forward to the World Series like most of y'all in Houston are. Uh, So, again... I want to start off with the first couple of Rockets games. Um, The season over against the Minnesota Timberwolves was not exactly the way the Rockets wanted to open up their light-the-fuse campaign for this year, but unfortunately, the game got out of hand pretty quickly. Um, It was a lot of turnovers. The Rockets turned over 15, 60 times in the first half, which led to a lot of fast break for Minnesota, um, a lot of easy baskets, and then to compound the problem, the Rockets struggled from the outside as well, which, again, led to more fast breaks, and the game got a hand pretty fast. Um, I mean, the Rockets were already down by close to 20 points in the first half. I mean, they would get down by as much as over 30 at points in the second half um, before the bench unit came in, Josh Christopher and um, so many other guys came in, K.J. Martin, and then that's when they made the score – respectable 124 106 instead of the 30 40 point game. It was heading towards for most of the game. Um, the Rockets actually were pretty much in it. Um, as far as rebounding, they only lost 46 to 41. Again, free throw shooting was a problem. They only shot 68% from the free throw line, 15 to 22. And only shot, like I mentioned earlier, 33% from three point range, which is not going to cut it when you're also turning the ball over 24 times. Um, the number the Rockets ended up with to end the game. Uh, points in the paint, the Rockets actually had more points in the paint because, again, Minnesota was getting to the free throw line, and they were 16-38 from three, which they, so they were 42%. So they didn't really need to get in the paint too often. Um, but the Rockets actually should even have more points in the paint. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves actually had 13 block shots. Wow, that is a huge number. Um, a lot of blocked shots. Um, that means the Rockets were missing a lot of shots at the rim. They weren't going up strong enough. And let's give Minnesota credit. Joshua Koji came out early and was harassing Jalen Green, and especially Kevin Porter Jr., and they were blitzing Kevin Porter Jr. every single pick and roll and making it difficult for him to even get the offense going, and that kind of set the tone early. I mean, Minnesota was flying all over the place mcdaniel was blocking shots uh carl anthony towns was blocking shots anthony edwards was all over the court um it was pretty much a one-sided game from start to finish um Jaylen green kind of struggled with his shot but uh, one of the actually positive things as i've seen even in the preseason when he struggled with his shot his passing has been great he's been actually one of their best passers he's really been there <clears throat> excuse me he's really been their point guard um more than Kevin Porter Jr., at least in his first game. His passing was the best part of his game. Um, so that was definitely something good to see. Apparantian Goon had a, probably the best game out of anybody. I mean, he went in there. He was aggressive on offense. He played some decent defense, even though, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is an all-star. You know, Nobody's going to be able to shut him down. But he played some, some decent defense. But just overall, the Rockets just struggled from – Like I said, from three-point range with turnovers, um, it was just one of those games from start to finish where Minnesota for a while could not miss a shot. Um, Like I said, the Rockets were actually down by a pretty large margin. They were actually down by 27 points at halftime, 28 by the end of the third, and then finally, um, like I said, the bench came in and made a respectable game. But after that, it's not really too much to talk about. Other than it was good to see players like uh, Kenya Martin Jr., um, Josh Christopher, Marty Brooks get in the game, and they actually outscored the Timberwolves in the fourth quarter, 35-25. to 25. Um, So that was one positive. Um, everybody on the bench actually had a plus, plus, a plus plus minus outside of DJ Augustine and Alper and Shane Goon. Everybody else had a double-digit plus, minus, um, which is really good. Um, but the, the game was pretty much out of hand at that point. And like i said the Rockets ended up losing that game 124 to 106. and the second game um actually a game that i was able to attend with other uh, members of the rockets twitter family um thanks again to the houston rockets for having us out it was a great event we were able to tour the facility and we actually get i actually got to meet vernon maxwell you know he's everything you would expect him to be in person what you've seen on twitter Uh, Just ramped that up three or four times. (laughs) He was great to meet. It was great meeting uh, Vernon Maxwell. Mrs. Stone came up there and spoke with us for a few minutes. That was great. Um, So it was a great time. Um, Definitely the Rockets put on a great opening night um, for their matchup against Oklahoma City Thuron. So, like I said, again, I want to thank them for having, you know, myself and several other uh, Rockets uh, Twitter people, especially from Apollo, Taylor Payton, Don Knock, Anthony Duckett, um, then we've met a lot of other people that we've been interacting with for years online. You actually put a you know face to the Twitter profile and it definitely makes a difference. And you definitely are happy that you actually get to meet these people in person. So, again, thank you to the Rockets. That was awesome. Um, but... Another thing that was awesome was actually the actual game. It was a complete opposite of what happened um, between, like I said, between the Timberwolves and the Rockets. This game, the Rockets actually were the one that came out and punched a thunder in the mouth and were the aggressive team. And they were the team that came out, had a 13-point lead at the end of one, 24-point lead at halftime, and then they just cruised in the second half. They won every single quarter. Um by at least five points um, on their way to the 124 to the 91 uh, victory last night, even their record at one and one. Um, Christian Wood was great; he was the best player on the court. He had 29 points, 14 rebounds, controlled the paint. Jayshon Tate does what Jayshon Tate does, which is pretty much everything. I mean, he had 16 points, six assists, and 14 rebounds in 28 minutes. I mean, that's that's crazy. And then you factor in players like. Kevin Boyd Jr. had a bounce back game. He had nine turnovers last game. This game, he had nine assists and 20 points. He pretty much controlled the ball, didn't turn the ball over a lot, was able to get into the paint in 31 minutes. Jalen Green still struggled with his shot a little bit, but his passing again was excellent. He almost had the highlight play of the year on the dunk attempt that he was actually fouled that they didn't call, where his head was like two or three inches above the rim. And if that would have went in, you probably would have still been watching that play even as we speak at 9.42 at night on a Sunday. Um, but that was amazing. Um, like I said, Janet Green still struggling a little bit with his shot. So it seemed like he's trying to find his place on the court. But it was good to see, again, that his passing was excellent. He was setting up Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood. He was you know, setting up pretty much everybody on the team, and that was great to see. And Eric Gordon turned back the clock, Eric Gordon. He had 22 points. Um, he was shooting well from the outside. I mean, he continued his great inside play from last year where he was one of the best players in the league getting the basket before he got hurt. That continued into this year. So he provided the offense. David Nwaba came in and uh, provided energy. Um, it was just a great game all around. The Rockets definitely turned around. the um, their, From their performance in the first game, they shot 50% from the field, 17 to 38 from three-point range after shooting 33% against Um, the Timberwolves, in this game, the Thunder was the team that actually shot 133%. They only shot 14 of 43 and only 37% from the field. I don't know how much the Thunder even trying at this point. Uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander kind of looked like he was disinterested a lot of this game. Um, But give credit to the Rockets, man. I mean, a lot of people were saying that they were One of the worst teams in the league, and they're horrible, and they may not win another game, and fire Coach Silas. So it doesn't matter who you get a win against when you're a rebuilding team. A win is a win, and the Rocks will definitely take this win. They are rebounding the Thunder, had more assists. They actually were the team that were blocking shots this game. They had 10 blocks. They had 12 steals, only 17 turnovers, which may may seem still a little bit high, but it's definitely a lot better than 24 turnovers that they had last game. Um, points in the paint, they absolutely dominated. I mean, 58 points to 34 points. And this may be something the Rockets may have to do for most of the year because they're not going to be a high percentage three-point team. They're not going to be shooting 44% that often from three-point range. So they may have to dominate in the paint um, like they did this game. So it was just great to see the Rockets actually come out and be the aggressive team and be the team that dictated the, the flow and the tempo of the game. And you can tell from the start, Rockets knew that they had laid a stinker in the opener and they even said themselves that they were focused and they were ready for this game because they were, you know, embarrassed in the first game. I mean, Minnesota was doing whatever they wanted and telling the coaches to call time out on an opposing team. I mean, that's pretty much next-level taunting. So the Rockets definitely wanted to come out and prove a point in this game, and they definitely did with their 33-point win last night against Oklahoma City Thunder in their home opener. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for first segment. The second segment we're going to be breaking down the next two or three games Rockets have coming up against teams like the Boston Celtics and Dallas Mavericks. So please stick around. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo H-O-U, all Houston, all original. And welcome back to the Launchpad Podcast presented by Apollo Media. And in the second segment, we're going to be talking about some of the upcoming games for the Houston Rockets, who are 1-1 one one after their first two games. The uh, next three games, they will be taking on tomorrow. They will be taking on the Celtics. Uh, after that, on Tuesday, they will be taking on the Dallas Mavericks. And then they will follow that up with the Utah Jazz. Uh, tomorrow's game against the Celtics uh, may kind of hinge on if Jalen Brown is playing tomorrow. Uh, if Jalen Brown, he's actually questionable as we speak, and if he's out tomorrow, I mean, he, the Rockets actually have a decent chance to actually go up, to, uh, go two games, go two and one in the first three games, uh, which would be pretty remarkable considering how the first game went. Um, but another thing the Rockets are going to, have to keep in mind is the Celtics are coming in zero and two, so you know they're going to be coming in focus regardless if Jalen Brown's on the court or not. That's going to be a tough game, of course. They're led by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, like I said um, before. They're the two main guys. They did lose um, or let Kimmel Walker uh, go, traded him away uh, this offseason. So they've really been kind of running been running a point guard by committee. they actually been running uh, Marcus Smart at the point guard, um, trying to mix and match who different players they actually have in the point guard position. But, of course, like I said, I mean, it really comes down to um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Those are the two main guys that, you know, run their offense and also probably their two best defenders as well, along with Marcus Smart. So, I just think that the Rockets, um, again, is going to be a, a case of how do they come out early? I mean, the Celtics have been given a, a huge amount of points in their first two losses. In the last game, they lost in overtime to the New York Knicks where they gave up 138 points. Yes, it was double overtime, but – even if you don't factor in a double overtime, they still give 126 points in regulation. So um, you got to imagine that Brad Stevens is going to have the Celtics um, after a couple of days off ready and focused coming in the game, thinking that they, they should be able to get their first win against the Rockets. So the Rockets are going to have to come out from the get-go, not turn the ball over, not giving up easy shots. Um, because, again, the Celtics, they run their offense through Jason Taylor and Jalen Brown. Um, They have, uh, you know, Robert Williams, who, if Rockets fans remember, (laughs) absolutely destroyed the Rockets last year. I honestly, and I'm not even joking, I don't think he's missed a shot against the Rockets in his career. He had a couple games last year where he was like seven for seven or eight for eight from the field. He absolutely just did not miss against the Rockets. So that's somebody that they're going to worry about. Of course, they did sign Dennis Schroeder. He's also been kind of rotating in the point guard position with Marcus Smart, um, but that's pretty much their main players and the players you have to worry about. Um, they also have Grant Williams who they have been starting their power forward as well. But like I said, if Jalen Brown is actually out tomorrow. The Rockets have a good chance to pull this game out um, because outside of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum is nobody you really fear as far as the offensively. I mean, they sprinkle in players like Aaron Esmer, uh, Romeo Langford um, out of Michigan state, Peyton Pritchard, you know, players like that. But, there's nobody that you're going to sit up here and worry about and fear, and if you actually think about it, the Timberwolves actually have more offensive firepower than the Boston Celtics do. It's just as the Boston Celtics have more high-level players. But if one of those high-level players is out, the Rocks actually have a chance to pull out a victory tomorrow, uh, which would be pretty remarkable to go 2-1 to and one after the first three games. Then after that game, they're going to be facing the Dallas Mavericks, who are actually 1-1. One one. They actually pulled out a victory today um, in their game. Um, and again... The main problem with the the Dallas Mavericks has actually been their offense. Jason Kidd has come in. He wants them to run more of a uh, mid-range, old-school type offense. And there's actually somebody that's kind of hindered a lot of what the Dallas Mavericks are trying to do. Uh, Even tonight's game that they pulled out, they struggled for a while, you know, trying to get it going, trying to – trying to get back in the game. They actually were trailing Toronto for a lot of this game before they were able to pull it out in the fourth quarter. Um, but Luca started off slow. He eventually started to pick it up like you knew he would. He's, of course, their main guy. Somebody the Rockets are going to really focus their attention on. And I got to imagine Jay J- Sean Tate is, again, going to start, and he's going to have the primary assignment of guarding um, Luca Doncic pretty much the entire game. It's pretty much going to be between him and... And David Nawaba, but again, the mavericks are gonna to try to put the Rockets in a lot of pick and rolls, which of course means Daniel Tyson is probably gonna be put in a lot of pick and rolls because the Rockets pretty much switch on every action when it comes to other teams trying to run pick and rolls. So you gotta imagine the mavericks are gonna to try to get Jay Shante off of Luca as much as possible um in tomorrow's game. Christopher has actually had a better game today, probably one of his best games he's had in a while. Um, so he had a pretty good game. Tim Hardaway Jr., the official Rocket killer, had a good game and somebody that, again, every time he faced the Rockets, he just seems to have one of his career nights. He had a couple of games last year where he just couldn't miss. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he had a 30 point game against the Rockets last year. Um, so that's definitely something the Rockets going to have to worry about in that Tuesday game at Dallas. Um, but again, I know people are saying it's a tough schedule, which it is to begin the season, but the Rockets could win one of these next two games, maybe in both. You never know how it's going to go because you really don't know how good these other teams are yet. Um, just like we've seen with the Lakers, the team the Rockets are going to actually face on Sunday. They're starting off slow. They're struggling. So you really don't know what teams you're going to be facing yet. You're, you can kind of factor a little bit off of last year, but a lot of these teams have changed between this year and last year. So you really can't say for sure what well, the Rockets are going to lose this game. They're going to lose this game. The Mavericks are a beatable team. They're not a juggernaut team. They have one really great player, and then they have a bunch of basic role players. Chris Zing is a little bit better than a role player, but sometimes he just kind of fades into the background. So I don't think that the Rockets should have any fear of these next two opponents. And like I said, they could win one or both of these games just depending on how it plays out and how they come out of the gate. If they come out the gate and they come out strong and they're finishing around a basket, like I said, they can beat either one of these teams, especially if Jalen Brown is out for this next game. Um, And then on Thursday, everybody's favorite, Vernon Maxwell's favorite team, the Utah Jazz, um, come to the Toyota Center Thursday at 7 o'clock. Again, Another team that the Rockies know very well with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. And the Rockies, of course, have a Donovan Mitchell stopper. Um, and Eric Gordon, who we all know um, in the playoffs, Eric Gordon played Donovan Mitchell about as good as anybody's played him in his career. Um, but that's they're, they're always a tough team. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league, usually one of the better defensive teams in the league. They have the reigning defensive player of the year, again, Rudy Gobert. Um, they have some decent pieces around. They team really hasn't changed that much from last year or the last couple of years. Joe Ingles is still there. Um, they still have a couple of other players. Royce O'Neill is still there. Jordan Clarkson, one of the best six men in the league, is still there. So that game is going to be a little bit tougher just because the Utah Jazz usually don't beat themselves, and they have a really good defense, and they'll be able to put a lot of pressure on the Rockets um, backcourt. So that's just something that's gonna have to keep in mind. So, I think at worst the next three games the Rockets sh- should be one and three. At best, they can possibly or um, well, let's take that back. Um, if we're talking about the next three games, at worst they should be one and two. At best, they can be two and one. Um, and then you go into the game against the Lakers on Sunday. And the Lakers, if you think the Rockets had trouble in that first game, the Lakers have had that twofold. They are 0-2, and it look bad in both of those games. The last game, they got demolished by the Phoenix Suns. They were Anthony Davis, and LeBron James were fighting on the bench. Um, I'm sorry, not LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James was too busy yelling at Cameron Payne. Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard were fighting on the bench. They said it was squash, but still, it was just weird to see. Ray John Rondo was pointing his finger in a fan's face. Um, the fan slapped his hand away. The Lakers aren't exactly a well-oiled machine right now. Russell Westbrook still hasn't hit a three. He's struggled. He's still trying to find his place. Carmelo Anthony is just kind of there right now. So maybe they pull it together before that that October 31st Halloween game at 930 at night. Um, But the way they're looking right now, I mean, (laughs) the Rockets are actually a more together team than the Lakers are right now. But again, they have LeBron James, they have Anthony Davis. And it's possible by then they may have pulled together. So if we look at the next four games, I think it's realistic the Rockets go two and two. Um, they can beat the Mavericks. They can beat the Celtics. Maybe they lose to the Jazz and the Lakers, but they can easily go two and two in the next four games. And I think every Rockets fan, well, let me take that back. Most Rockets fans would like two and two. Some Rockets fans would like them to go one and four so they can uh, tank again and go get Paulo Banchero. I'm not one of those fans, but, you know, I digress. Um, so I would say good chance the Rockets can go two and two in the next four games, and then the Rockets can be three and three after six. Who would have figured that? I think we would take that. I think Coach Salas and Rafael Stone will definitely take that. After six games Uh, That's going to wrap it up for the second segment And in the last segment We're going to be talking more about individual players And how they've been playing so far Um, Breaking down more of how Jalen Green's look How Kevin Porter Jr.'s look Christian Wood Of course Daniel Tice Pretty much all the Rockets uh, main players We're going to take a look at how they've been performing And what they need to improve on As we go into the month of November So please stick around Looking for a better way to rep H Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for astros and rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code Launch for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU, all Houston, all original. And continue here on the Launchpad podcast presented by Apollo Media. If you enjoy the show, as usual, drop us a review or leave us some stars, preferably five, as usual. That would be great, but, of course, we always appreciate you listening and, of course, sticking around for the third and final segment as we are going to be discussing some of the individual performances the Rockets have had so far and what some of the things that the coaching staff may need to prove on along with the players as we go into the month of November. Uh, the first player we're actually going to start with is a player um, we kind of talked about a little bit already and Jalen Green. He, like I said, he has struggled with his shot. He's shooting around 37% from the field. Um, actually, even worse from three-point range right now. The three-point shot just hasn't been following. He's had a couple of almost just spectacular plays that haven't happened yet. He even said on the dunk attempt last night that he was just going in there with ill intent because he was mad because he was getting a little frustrated with his shot not falling. Um, and he almost had one of the, the best plays of the, the of this young NBA season. But it didn't go in. But like I said, he's been doing great as far as distributing the ball, trying not to force too many shots, um, getting other players involved, which has been great. He's averaging a steal in a half in the first two games. Um, another good thing he's had on the ball a good amount, only ha- averaging like one turnover a game, which is great. Um, like he's only uh, getting around nine points a game so far. But again, most rookies struggle in the first couple of months of the season. Anthony Edwards, same thing last year. He struggled. Um, he picked it up at the end of last year to where he almost, you know, stole away that rookie of the year that went to LaMelo Ball. Um, LaMelo Ball actually was a player that didn't struggle. He just wasn't in the starting lineup at the beginning of the year, if you can imagine that. He was actually coming off the bench, and then when he came in, he started to take over. So it's just going to take Jalen Green a little bit more time. I would like the see the coaching staff maybe run a few more plays for him to where he doesn't have to work so hard to get his own shot because he's not at the point now where he's going to just constantly beat players off the dribble. He needs to be running some pin, off a of pin down screen, maybe some curl plays, um, maybe it's some backdoor cuts just to get his shot going early that he can see the ball going in the hoop. But I think the main thing he needs, he needs to be able to get out on a fast break and be able to show off his athleticism. Something he hasn't been able to do a lot yet, but I think it's coming. Um, he's just, like I said, just going to be a work in progress. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. had a subpar first game, a lot of turnovers. The second game, he showed exactly why he's probably going to be, if not the best player on the team. Um, not if he's not one, he's definitely going to be one A as far as who's the dominant player on this team this year. He showed, you know, he's already shown his ability to get to the basket, scoring traffic. Um, he just has to cut down on his turnovers. And the uh, same thing is with Jalen Green, um, continue to work on his three-point shot. Um, he's actually at 40 percent through the first two games, which is, I mean, if he can just hover around 36, 37 percent, I mean, that would be great. Um, for J, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., who's taken around seven threes a game so far this in his young year. Um, and, of course, then, there's Christian Wood, who I know is 26. He's extremely old. You know, he's already passed his problem. No, I mean, people like to say that because he doesn't fit the, quote, unquote, Rockets timeline. Um, but he was dominant last game, 30 points, 14 rebounds. He's already shooting 50% from three for the year. 54% um, from the field average over 11 rebounds in the first two games with two blocks. I mean, you can't ask for much more than that um, from Christian Wood. And just imagine once they actually get down to pick and roll between him and Kevin Porter Jr., he's just going to be even more um, deadly from the paint and roll to the basket. Something he mentioned in the postgame yesterday that he want to run more pick and rolls. That's something that they actually kind of got away from. And I think if he gets to that point, it can easily be a 25-point-a-game score uh, for the Rockets. And then you have some of the other Rockets. Jay Sean was great yesterday. He actually he, he proved why a lot of people like myself thought he should be in the starting lineup. He did everything. Assists, rebounds, uh, great defense, scrambling all over the court. He's the exact type of player you need in the starting lineup. Daniel Tice has been kind of, eh. He's just kind of been there so far. He hasn't really done anything too special. Um, I think he's kind of doing exactly what they want him to do, just play defense, uh, get some rebounds, clog up the paint. Um, Pretty much that's the main thing because he's really been playing about the same amount of minutes as Apparent Shangoon, who's actually been the better player so far. Shangoon has shown why. A lot of Rockets fans think he's going to be starting sooner than later at that center position with his passing, and he's – defense has actually been a lot better than most people give him credit for his You know, he's not super athletic, but he moves his feet. He's in the right position And that's exactly what you need when you're not a a type of player that's going to be blocking shots left and right i la miles Turner or Anthony Davis. Um, and of course you got some of the other players Armani Brooks and KJ Martin jr. Haven't been playing a lot of minutes so far Been mostly garbage time the same thing with Josh Christopher and Garuba even though Garuba had a great block yesterday um I haven't been playing a lot of minutes, um, so that's something to keep an eye on as far as whether once the G League starts in November if they're gonna be kind of going back and forth. Daniel House played his first game um, yesterday, only played 11 minutes. Um, only had two points, so he's still, uh, we're not exactly sure what you're gonna get from Daniel House. Augustine is you know the backup point guard. You're probably not gonna get a lot from him, he's just really in there to kind of calm down a second unit. David Nawaba, it has been playing actually pretty well to get into the basket, playing his normal good defense. Um, so that's pretty much what you expect from Nwaba. Like I said, Eric Gordon has been great. If this continues for Eric Gordon, I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded in the next couple of months, not because the Rockets don't want him, just because he's 33 years old and he can really help out a contender and the Rockets can actually get younger or get other draft picks um, that they'll be able to use in the future for a player like Eric Gordon if he can stay healthy. So far, so good. Uh, so far, you know, good news. Two games, played 24 and a half minutes um, a game. So far, he's shooting 59% from the field. He's shooting 70% from three-point range. So, so far, so good. If he continues to play like this, also averaging 18 and a half points a game, if he continues to play like this, he actually may not even make it out of the, this year with the Rockets. He may be traded before that. Um, so, that's something definitely to keep your eye on as we going into November and December as far as where Eric Gordon might end up at. And like I said, it's also something to keep your eye on as far as when will Alper and Shangoon take over that starting center spot. I think that Coach Childs is kind of taking it easy with him because he doesn't want to just kind of throw him in a fire against these bigger, stronger players in the first unit. He's able to dominate a lot more with the second unit, and I think that's something that Coach Childs is definitely keeping an eye on. He wants to kind of slowly bring him along, so – Like I said earlier, another thing that's going to be kind of important is something to watch is once the G League starts next month, which the G League drivers actually today, Rio Grande Valley Vipers participate in that. um, Josh Christopher and Uzma Garuba, will they be going back and forth um, with players like Deshaun Nix? Will he be on the G League roster? Um, Where does Matthews factor in The guy that they just picked up not too long ago, Garrison Matthews? Um, that played for the washington wizards last year so it's still some questions to be answered when you're rebuilding team you're not set in stone you're basically clay (laughs) i mean you can be molded any type of way there's no one certain way you have to be you don't have pressures of trying to compete for a championship or even playoffs this year that's why i think it's Crazy talk when you're bringing up, uh, well, Coach Silas, is he going to make it out? I mean, that's crazy talk. This is a rebuilding year. Next year is when you may have to start factoring and actually evaluating Coach Silas as a future coach of the Rockets. This year, absolutely not. You're rebuilding. You need to see what you have. You don't need to make any crazy trades, a la Ben Simmons. Um, just to bring in a player like Ben Simmons, you're not at the point where that's a good idea. You're also bringing over baggage. You're also bringing over $30, $35 million on your payroll. Why would you want to do that when you're a rebuilding team? Let Philadelphia and Daryl Morey find somebody else to help them get out of that mess. I seriously doubt the Rockets should be helping Daryl Morey in any way possible get out of the mess that he is now in with the Philadelphia 76ers. Like I said, the next couple of games, the Rockets take on the Boston Celtics tomorrow at the Toyota Center. And then they travel to take on the hated Dallas Mavericks in Dallas on Tuesday um, to take on that team, Luca and the rest of the guys over there in Little D. So it'll be an interesting next couple of games, and we will definitely be keeping our eye on that here at Launchpad Podcast. That's going to do it for today's episode. So if y'all already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, the best merch in the business, videos, podcasts like the one you listen to now, and more original Houston sport content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Launchpad Podcast covering your Houston Rockets.